If you saw Fantasia as a child, or even as an adult, you probably dozed off at some point. After all, this Disney movie has no overarching story. It's more dreamlike, a collection of mostly familiar classical pieces, kind of visualized with animation featuring nature scenes, fairies, animals, semi-abstract designs, and a bit of Mickey Mouse, all filling the screen in vivid color for a two-hour stretch. With those dreamy qualities, it reached people, some of the great minds of music and science, for instance, when they were young. Stephen Jay Gould said he was inspired by the film. Animator and historian John Canemaker notes conductor Michael Tilson Thomas, too, saw it as a kid. And that really got him interested in Stravinsky and other composers. There was nothing quite like seeing the conductor, Leopold Stokowski, in silhouette at the beginning of the film, majestically stepping up onto the podium to perform his arrangement of the Bach, Toccata, and Fugue in D minor, and the sheer sound of that. It's this you know, full romantic orchestra doing its magic tricks. Lawrence Kramer is author of The Thought of Music. He notes Disney took all this very personally. Disney himself thought of himself as a kind of uneducated person when it came to classical music. And he even said that one of the reasons that he wanted to make Fantasia was to bring the music to people like himself, who at one time walked out on it. And Walt Disney had always played around with music. By the 30s, after a few major hits, he began to think about putting the mouse named Mickey, his biggest star, into a classical music short. Ambitious, but modest. Just the small 22-minute segment with Mickey Mouse. Natalia Holt wrote the book The Queens of Animation. Once Walt has an idea like this, he's really going to go with it. How Disney's short Mickey Mouse music film turned into the extravaganza of Fantasia is a much-told story. Mr. Disney finds himself headed for a table very near Maestro Stokowski at the popular Hollywood restaurant and hangout Jason's one night. As the story goes, Walt, with that music film in the back of his mind, says, why don't we sit together? And Stokowski, a famous conductor with a promoter's instinct and an embrace of popular culture, says, of course. Disney tells him of his dream of classical music and animation. He said, oh, I would love to conduct that for you. That's Disney himself recalling the moment in a documentary film. Well, that led to not only doing this one little short subject, but it got us involved where I did all of Fantasia, and before I knew it, I ended up spending 400 and some odd thousand dollars getting music with Spakovsky. <laughs> <laughs> to make Fantasia, they chose for miles of music. What you're going to see are the designs and pictures and stories. A musical host of sorts, Deems Taylor was hired to do some continuity between pieces. It's a picture of the various abstract images that might pass through your mind if you sat in a concert hall listening to this music. Mr. Stokowski! And they created an iconic scene of cultural friendship Mr. as little Mickey shakes hands with the maestro. <laughs> My congratulations, sir! <laughs> congratulations to you, Mickey. The result was a kind of wild popular culture one-off, which died at the box office in 1940. For one thing, they had made it into a rarefied reserved seat event rather than just a movie you could walk in and see. And for another, it was so technically ambitious as to limit its possibilities, especially because of its remarkable and pioneering audio, 
with Stokowski and the Philadelphia Orchestra. We recorded all the music on 28 channels, 28 separate channels. That's Stokowski on the BBC in the 60s. We could select his channel and so make it more prominent. Because this was long before stereophonic sound was ever thought of. Yes, well, really, Disney... Disney called it Fantasound, and the geometry of it wowed the limited audience that did experience it, especially in Night on Bald Mountain. When the devil hears the church bells coming from the back of the theater, that three-dimensional sound they used for the early showings, people turned around and looked, looking for the, de- looking for the devil. But in 1940, only a small number of theaters could accommodate the sound system. Later, they cut it way down to 81 minutes to try to get more mileage out of it, but it lost something in the process. Fantasia had a revival in the late 60s, when some of its dreamy, semi-abstract animation was seen as trippy by a certain generation, and soon after, home video made it accessible to the children of that generation. And on it went, picking up steam as a classic. But just to stop the music for a moment, to look at Fantasia now is to look at so much that was America in 1940. Excess, bold ambition, a growing popular culture, commercial artistry, technical mastery, but also clearly racist images, absurd portrayals of females, and a taste level that sometimes goes way off the rails. For me, Fantasia is truly the best and the worst of Disney. Author Natalia Holt says it's the best because of its innovation and beauty. It is also the worst because it is this crude amalgam of stereotypes that comes into play with these characters and with Sunflower, the African-American character. That highly stereotypical character, Sunflower, has been eliminated from the current version by a process of reframing, That is, zooming into another portion of the frame so that the objectionable image can't be seen. Though some things of that sort have been left in. And, as Disney Plus is now putting it, those images were wrong then and are wrong now. How to look at such a jumble of beautiful and awful, just as a film, our animation historian says. I think that's the fascination with Fantasia. It tries... Sometimes it gets it, sometimes it doesn't. I think that's kind of an exciting thing. It's an experimental film in a true sense. Music professor and author Lawrence Kramer says there should be no limit to the uses one makes of music or any cultural item. And it's abundance of uses. The more uses, the better, because the uses are one of the ways by which the music lives. And that, of course, means taking risks. So here's looking at you, Fantasia a high, low, trailblazing American spectacular that is, like its country of origin, fascinating and full of a history that is deeply messy. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko.